Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. this morning in worship. It's a privilege and it is a blessing to be here. And those of you who join, who have joined us uh, live on Facebook and uh, through our website, thank you so much for joining us. And we pray that this worship experience today will be a blessing to you. So God, we, we, we thank you for everyone that has joined us today. We ask you, Lord, to speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, praying for a fresh anointing of your spirit, that as I share what you share with me, your people will be blessed. So this morning, from the book of 2 Peter, chapter 1, the scripture that was read in your hearing, um, I'm going to read again verses 1 through 4 uh, of, of this chapter. Um, 2 Peter chapter 1. Simon Peter, bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his, as his divine power has given to us all, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So this morning I want to talk about maintaining spiritual alignment. Maintaining spiritual alignment. Uh, one of the things that, and you may be seated, one of the things that, that the Lord spoke to us about on, on our elders and ministers call, conference call last Sunday night uh, was about reform. The, the word in the discussion came up briefly about reform. And as, I, as we talked about that and as I meditated over that throughout the week, I realized that, that God is calling the church and the world to reform because we are out of alignment with him, okay? Uh, he calls believers first to reform so that we will be in the position to speak to the world what he has called us to speak uh, to the world. And this is, this is a critical point that, that many people don't ever think about, you know, what God has called us to. Many times, in the church, we prayed for revival. Even here at Tabernacle of Praise, we prayed for revival. But God doesn't want us to revive old things. He doesn't want us to revive old things. He's focused on reforming us so that we can be about the new things that he is doing uh, in this world. And we can make maximum impact in this world uh, that we're living in today. Uh, this requires a shift in our mindsets and a shift in our behaviors, a shift that will bring us into alignment with him and alignment with his will. Once that alignment takes place, uh, we'll, be in a, we'll be better off and the world will be better off. 
once it takes place in the church, sometimes we forget that, that Jesus said we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. Uh, we forget the power that we have as believers. We forget the impact, the effect that, that true believers will have in this world once we come into alignment, once we walk in alignment with God. God will use us mightily. And I'm often reminded of the text in Acts where the Bible says, and they turned the, church, the world upside down. And we're still that same church, but because we have walked, we've gotten out of alignment with the Lord Jesus Christ, we don't have the impact on the world that we ought to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so right now, our misalignment is causing us and is causing the world more trouble than it's worth. And I want us to think about that. I want us to really give that some thought. Our misalignment is causing us and causing the world more trouble than it's, it's worth. Have you, ever, have you ever reflected over things in your life uh, that you've gone through? Uh, that were a result of bad choices? You've done that? I've done that, yeah. And you said to yourself, this is not worth it. Have you ever said that? Stuff you've gone through because of the choices you made. Nobody made you make the choices, but you made the choices, and then at the end result, you said, this is not worth it. You might have even said, I'm better than this. Has anybody ever said that? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I have. I have. I have done that. I've had, I've, I've had, a, um, I've, I've said a lot of times over the course of my life that some of the things were not worth the trouble, were not worth the anxiety, were not worth the wasted time or energy. Are you listening to me? Or not even worth the headaches. All right. Or the heartaches. Amen. But many times I went through what I went through because I was out of alignment with God. When you're out of alignment with God, you're going to go through some stuff that's not worth it. Some bad stuff, some disheartening, some discouraging stuff that's not worth it. It's just not worth it. And sometimes we don't get this, but we need to think about it because some of the things that we're going through and the headaches and the heartaches and the pains in our lives I'm not talking about necessarily physical pain, but I'm talking about mental anguish, mental pain, you know, mental anxiety. It's just not worth it. We're out of alignment with God. One of the part of the problems, well, the problem we're facing in this nation with racism and police brutality and injustice and evil and partiality and income disparities and inequities in education and economics and disfranchisement of groups of people are all because people are out of alignment with God and with his world. And mind you, God deals with all of this in the world, in the word. He has dealt with this in his word. The problem with us humans is that our evil hearts and our self-centered ways are out of alignment with God and have caused us to take a direction that is not of God and we are stubbornly resisting the reform that God is leading us into. Yes, yes. That's why we see pushback even today with stuff that's happening and the change that needs to, that should have been made many years ago. It's because of the stubbornness and the evilness in people's hearts, amen, that leads them to stubbornly resist the reform that God is leading us into. And it's not just the people of the world is believers, is believers who in the name of Christ continue to seek personal glory, personal advancement and satisfaction at the expense of others and continue to resist God and his agenda for this world. If you read the Bible, you see God has an agenda for this world. Yeah. And many times we are so self-righteous Many Christians are so self-righteous that we think we got it all together. We figured it all out, so we don't have time to hear God because we already know. We don't even see what God is doing because we've already figured it, it all out. It's a dangerous thing for a person to be right in his or her own eyes. Yeah, Proverbs 21 and 2 says, Every man's way, or every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs 
the hearts. When we think we're right, when we act like we're right, when, <laughs> Lord have mercy, uh, when we deal with others as though we are the only ones that are right, we have a warning in this verse. The Lord weighs the hearts. When the Lord weighs your heart, what will he find? Proverbs 21 and 8 says, if he finds wickedness, your sacrifices or your worship are an, is an abomination to him. Think about that. When the Lord weighs our hearts, if he finds wickedness there, then our worship is an abomination to him. Mm. That means then all of the singing and praising and praying and gathering we're doing and all of the preaching we are doing that the Lord finds wickedness in our hearts is an abomination to him. He's not even accepting it. Mm. But saints of God, let's not only think of this in terms of racism and police brutality and injustice and so forth. Uh, uh, let's also, and more importantly, think about this in terms of ourselves, in terms of our personal spiritual lives. Let's think about this in terms of our own walk with God. If the Lord weighs your heart this morning, what will he find? Is your life in alignment with God? Are you living in a vibrant, growing, productive relationship with God? Or have you slipped away from him? Are you resisting the voice of God and the urging of the Holy Spirit to turn away from sin and yield your life to God wholeheartedly? Have you repented of your sins and turned from your sins? Is your life out of alignment with God? In this pandemic season, and it's a season, it doesn't seem to be ending, brothers and sisters. It started uh, in the last year, and they were talking about, well, summertime will come, and this thing will die out, but summertime has come, and this thing has, has researched and is, is running rampant throughout the world, and especially in the United States. In this pandemic season, we're not gathering as we are accustomed to gather. Therefore, some of us are not actively engaged. Listen, pay attention to this. Some of us are not actively engaged in ministry as we once were. Has that lack of engagement become a distraction to you? Has that lack of engagement made it easier for you to resist the voice and the urging of the Holy Spirit in your life? While you're not meeting like we're accustomed to, we don't see each other and we don't get the encouragement from one another like we used to get. Has that caused a problem for you in your walk with the Lord? Has a lack of accountability caused you to slip away from the Lord? Remember, I think it was last week or week before last, we talked about pseudo-Christianity. And it's not always just for people who, who never really had a real relationship with the Lord. If we're not careful, we can slip into having a form of godliness, but denying the power of a godly life. Mm. Has your zeal for God waned any at all? Think about it. You know, it wasn't just now in this pandemic season that people stopped gathering. For some of us, we stopped. But, you know, when churches started doing online services, many people just started staying at home because it's more convenient. It's more convenient to stay at home. It's more convenient to stay in bed. It's more convenient while you, quote, unquote, are listening to the message to do something else. Nobody sees you, so you can wash dishes. You can sweep the floor. You know, nobody sees you, so you can continue cooking. 
But when you're doing that, you know, a lot of people say they can multitask. But when you're doing other things, is your attention where it really needs to be? Can you sit and take notes while you're sweeping the floor? Can you take notes from the message while you're still cooking? You know? So, so, so it's so easy to say, oh, it's so we can stay at home. And I know that that change has come and, and the church has to do things differently in this season. But as I sat here just a few moments ago, I was thinking about how, how we are so self-centered and we are so caught up in ourselves that we want to make God work harder to keep us. Why should we want to make God work harder to keep us when we have a responsibility to be kept ourselves? Has, has, your, has your relationship with the Lord waned in this season? Because you have slipped into spiritual misalignment. Listen, spiritual misalignment will put you in a place where you don't really want to be. Because it puts us in a place where Satan has full access to us, to our eye gate, to our ear gate, and to our heart gate. And it's in that place where he steals kills, and destroys. But brothers and sisters, we don't have to be there. God is calling us to reform. Reform. Everybody say reform. Mm. The word reform means to make changes in order to improve. To bring about a change so that you no longer behave in an immoral, criminal, or self-destructive behavior. Okay? That's a worldly definition from the, from the dictionary. <laughs> Not the Bible dictionary. But uh, you read that. And of course, many of us don't say that we are engaged in criminal behavior. But what is lawlessness but criminal behavior? When we are disobeying God, when we are going against what God has taught us in his word, we are in lawlessness. Mm. Engaging in sin in any form is self-destructive behavior. It is lawlessness and it destroys us because sin is of the devil and Satan steals, kills, and destroys James chapter 1 verse 15 says, each of us is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust or his own desire of his own or her own desire. You're not drawn away by my desire. You're not drawn away by the desire of the person sitting next to you. You're drawn away by your own desire. You can't say the devil made me do it because he can only tempt you. You have to decide. But the desire is there, and you are drawn away by your own desire. He and, and enticed. He provides the enticement, but you have to make the choice. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is finished, another word for finished there in that text is when sin is full grown. It brings forth death. So sin is growing in you. As you give, as you yield to those desires. And it is growing and it is growing. It's, it's like cancer. And many times you don't realize it's there. There'll be some signs, you know. You know, if you look on the internet and you look for signs for different types of cancer, it'll give you symptoms to look for. Even with COVID-19, it gives you symptoms to look for. Many people just ignore the symptoms and keep on doing what they're doing. It's like with any sickness you have in your body, there are symptoms. 
and you'll know something is wrong, and, I, and the Holy Spirit will tell you, you need to check this out, but you, you just keep on doing what you're doing. And it's growing inside of you. And the Bible says, when it is full grown, it brings forth death. Then James says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. So don't be deceived by this thing. Don't be deceived by sin. Don't be deceived by these things that are enticing you. Don't be deceived by your own mind. Don't be deceived by pseudo-Christianity. You know where your heart is. You know where your heart is. And you know where your body is. Again, God is calling us back into alignment with him to reform. I thought about that word, reform. And when I thought about that word, the Lord immediately took me to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 18. We have the account of the, of, the, of the potter's house. God was showing a vision to Jeremiah of what he wanted to do for the nation of Israel. Took Jeremiah to the potter's house. And when Jeremiah got there, he saw the potter making a vessel out of clay. And he said the vessel was marred in the potter's hand. So he put it back on the wheel and made it again, the Bible says, into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter. Pay attention to the words. He put it back on the wheel and he made it not into that same vessel, but into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter. I don't want to be remade in my old way. I want, I want newness in my life. How many of you want newness in, in, in my Yeah, 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 yeah. When, when I read, when I read uh, uh, um, Psalm 51, I, I believe it is, David said, Create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. David said, give me newness. That's what his own words is. Give me newness. Oh, yes. Don't fix the old heart. Give me a new heart. A heart that you've made that's like you because my old heart is deceitful and evil and wicked and desperately evil. I cannot know it. He made it again into another vessel. You know, part of the problem with many of us believers is that, you know, we haven't allowed God to make us again into another vessel. We want him to, to do some work on us, but we want to keep the cracks. You know, it's like that old cup you got in your cupboard. It's old and you don't want to throw it away because you're kind of fond of it. It's like that old shirt that's tattered and torn that's Somebody gave it to you, you know, many years ago, and you don't really want to get rid of it because it has sentimental values. And when your own nature has sentimental values, you will not get rid of it. God wants to make you again into another vessel, one that is, that, that one that is pleasing to him. Because of you, it might take years for God to do it. But once you yield to God, he can do it in an instant. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. Bless the name of Jesus. And, and the word of God, Jeremiah said, came to him saying, Oh, house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. God wants to do the same thing to us. God wants to do the same thing with us. Whatever situation we find ourselves in or you find yourself in today, God can reform you. If your life is like that mud vessel that Jeremiah saw, amen, know that God, uh, what God has said he can do for Israel, God can do for you. God wants to make you into a new vessel. Just like God wants to do the United States, he really wants to make us new. Yeah. Yeah, but we keep resisting him. Once, once he makes us into a new vessel, he's also brought you back into spiritual alignment with him. Listen carefully. Then it is your responsibility to maintain, with the help of the Holy Spirit and the fellowship of believers, that spiritual alignment. 
Did you hear that? It is your responsibility with the help of the Holy Spirit and the fellowship of believers to maintain that spiritual alignment. It's not solely the Holy Spirit's responsibility to keep you. Baby, you got to want to keep yourself. You have to want to be kept. And you have to actively engage in the keeping process. And the fellowship of believers has a responsibility, but you've got to stop forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. If you want my help, you got to come and get my help. If you want my help, you got to tune in to the worship. You got to tune in to the Bible study. You got Now we can't come together on Wednesday night, but we're online. There is no excuse for you to miss it unless you're working. And you've got to take some notes. And you've got to review the notes. And you've got to study to show yourself approved under God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word. You've got to do it. I can't do that for you. Nobody in the body of Christ can do for you what you need to do for yourself. Nobody can. So you can blame the church if you want to blame the church, but you're, but you're failing because you refuse to take responsibility for yourself and for your own spiritual growth. All those people in the church are just not right. Those folk in the hospital are sick, but if you get sick, you're still going to the hospital. Stop that foolishness. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're imperfect people. We make mistakes, but I'm not going to throw away the baby with the bath water. You want to judge everybody else? Judge yourself with your own wickedness and your own foolishness and your own excuses that you're making because you have decided or you've allowed the devil to pull you away from God. You did it. You made the choice. You made the decision. Yes, you went through some things. But the things you went through should not have separated you from God. Oh, you say, Pastor, that's easy for you to say. You don't know my life. You don't know my life story. You don't know everything I've been through in my life. But one thing I didn't do was forsake the assembling of the, of the saints. If I went to the club, I got up Sunday morning and went to the church. <laughs> Are you listening? Hallelujah. I needed to get some word in me. I needed somebody to challenge me, glory to God. Amen. If I had ungodly friends, I sure had some godly friends that were telling me, you need to stop doing what you're doing. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to pray, glory to God. You need to go back to God. Are you listening to me? Stop this foolishness that it's the church's fault that you're not where you are. It's your fault. Let me go on and preach this message. You've gotten out of alignment with God, and God is calling us to maintain. God is challenging each one of us to maintain spiritual alignment with him. So how does this happen? Well, the text for today gives us some advice. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> it gives us some advice. So let me see if I can do this in five minutes. No, I can't. So, <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. I knew when I was preparing this message, it was long. So anyhow, that's okay. Praise the name of Jesus. You can follow us to the end or come back and watch it later. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, so what, do we, what advice do we get from the text? Well, to be faithful to the, to the content and intent of the book, Peter writes to warn Christians against false teachers within their fellowship who would lead them away into apostasy. Now, now he's not dealing with people outside of the church. He's dealing with people inside of the church who would lead people away with heretical teachings. And he's basically dealing with Gnosticism here. All right? They, and Gnosticism emphasizes personal spiritual knowledge personal spiritual knowledge over against established and approved teachings, traditions, and the authority of the church. So even today, we have, we have people 
who, who have engaged in Gnosticism and don't really know it. Because we slip away from the scriptures and we, we get personal revelations and personal interpretations of scripture that's not according to approved and established teachings. All right. And we see that happening a lot in the church world today. All right. Um, uh, and, and so Paul writes to warn the church of this. And he also writes to encourage the believers in what they need to do in order to resist these heretical teachers and remain steadfast in the faith. So what do we see in this? Number one, all right, we first of all, the thing that he does, that uh, says that to help us maintain spiritual alignment is that we must be steadfast through growing in the knowledge of the Lord. Steadfastness in growing in the knowledge of the Lord. Can you say that with me? I need to be steadfast in growing in the knowledge of the Lord. Steadfastness. I can't be up and down. I can't be growing for two months and then for three months I'm, 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 I'm just forgetting about God. I got to be steadfast. I can't start studying my Bible, amen, for one week and then for five weeks I don't ever pick the Bible up. I got to be steadfast in growing in the knowledge of the Lord. I can't read the Bible when I'm feel good, feeling good, and then when I'm feeling bad, I don't even pick up the Bible. I can't go to the house of the Lord, to the fellowship believers when things are going right, and then when I start going through, I don't want to be around church people. Steadfastness in growing in the knowledge of the Lord. This is the true gnosis, the true knowledge, and it combats, it combats heretical Gnostic influence, all right? So Paul says, um, Peter says, grace and peace be multiplied, multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. Grace and peace is greeting the church. He's, he's praying for them, wishing them total well-being. Can you say total well-being? Yeah, he doesn't want your soul just to be happy. He wants your mind to be, to be sane. He wants, you to, wants your body to be, to be well off. Yeah, yeah. Total well-being in favor, okay? I'm going to rush through this. So to combat the heretical teachings that deny the lordship of Christ and his second return, we have to be growing in, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To combat spiritual fatigue, to combat distractions, to combat loneliness, to combat feelings of emptiness, that can cause you to get out of alignment with the Lord, it is a must that you are steadfast in growing in the knowledge of the Lord. It is a must. If you can combat all of these things that are coming against your spirit man or your spirit woman, it is a must that you are steadfast in growing in the knowledge of the Lord. Listen, God knew that this pandemic was coming. Because he knew, God told us in particular to shift for maximum impact. Yeah, yeah, all right. We should have been shifting into a different spiritual position right away. Growing in grace for those of us who may not have been. Growing, in a deeper, uh, growing deeper in the person and work of the Holy Spirit for those of us who may not have been. Becoming sharper in mental and spiritual acuity. All right, sharper in the ability to defend the faith for those of us who may not have been. Because these days were coming and God knew it. We didn't know it, but God knew it. And so God sent messages to prepare us for this time that we would not necessarily be gathering together. Now, sad thing is, that for most of us who are here today, we've been praying. We've been seeking the Lord. But there are some of us who just been going on about life and just depending on Sunday morning. And what you get on Sunday morning to make it through. Just depending on the little bit of knowledge that you have to make it through. But God said, Shift! If you're in the wrong position spiritually, shift. If you're not where you ought to be in the knowledge of me, God says, shift. If you're not where you ought to be spiritually, God says, shift. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do it. Yeah. 
in this letter, knowledge is an important term. It is the strengthened form. The word he uses is the Greek word epignosis. It is the strengthened form of the Greek word that deals with this word knowledge. It indicates religious and moral insight and was intended as an effort to combat a form of Gnosticism that stressed knowledge as the way to God. Peter's message is that true knowledge is found in the God of Christ and the scriptures. And I submit to you today, my brothers and sisters, that true transformative, reformative knowledge is found in the God of Christ and the scriptures. And if you remember the emphasis in this ministry, you know that we emphasize you knowing the scriptures, studying the scriptures and knowing Christ, knowing God. We have done a whole year and still doing teaching and Bible study on Christology, knowing him. Because if you don't know him in times of trouble, you're going to be pulled away. Know the scriptures. The word of God is spirit and it is life. If you take it, if you take it in, you'll have the Holy Spirit and life living inside of you. The word of God is active and alive and sharpened on a two-edged sword. If you take it in, it will cut to the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the mouth of the bone. It is a discern of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. If you take the word of God in, the Holy Spirit will use that word to challenge you and convict you and cut you when you decide that you want to slip away from God. But you got to take it in. You got to take it in. Somebody say, I got to take it in. It's not enough to have a Bible and carry it with you everywhere you go. You got to read this word and you got to take it in. All right. Secondly, if you, if you will maintain spiritual alignment, you must, must access the life and partake of the divine nature that has been given to every believer. So Peter says, and I, I, I promise you I won't take another 30 minutes for this. All right. So Peter says, Peter says, um, he says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who's called us by grace and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world through lust. Whew. God's divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He didn't give it to just one believer. He gave it to every believer. God has given it to you. He has given you all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Everything you need, God gave it to you when you got saved. Of course, you got to access it, but he gave it to you. He didn't keep the word from you. He didn't keep the mysteries of the gospel from you. He didn't keep the power of the Holy Ghost from you. He didn't separate you and favor somebody else. God is not a partial God. Satan still wants us to think in the manner that he influenced, influenced Eve to think in the Garden of Eden. You see, this is what Satan does. Satan wants you to think that God is really keeping something good away from you. And God says, you can't do this. Don't do that. Don't do the other. When, when, when the Bible talks about sin, and, and then you begin to, uh, uh, you begin to think, if, 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 this, if this is so bad, why did God make it feel so good? Whoa. Y'all didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, but the good thing God gave was to be experienced within certain context. Yeah, yeah. You know, Satan also wants us, wants us to think that God has forgotten about us and that we are all alone. But the Bible says, Jesus said, I will be with you how long? Always, even until the end of the earth. But the Bible says here, God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, and it comes through the knowledge of him, same as we read above. So we have to take time to know him, and we have to partake of his divine nature. 
And as we take time to know him and we begin to imbibe, we begin to take part, we begin to receive his divine nature in us, we should watch how he transforms us. When we search for God in his word, we'll find him. And we will find that he's given us exceedingly great and precious promises. But it only comes as we partake of the divine nature. You got to take time. Somebody say, take time. You got time for everything else. You got time to be on Facebook. You got time to, 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 to go to parties. You got time to, 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 to go to the store. You got time to, uh, 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 to, 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 to relax and watch television. You got time for everything else. Take time for God. Take time for his word. Take time to get to know him. Take time to partake of his divine nature. Jesus said, if, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. And here we are in the church. We've joined the church. Many of us joined. Sometimes I wonder in this season, where are our young adults? Where are our young adults? And all you got to do is watch who's listening online and you see how many of them are watching you online. On Wednesday night, on Wednesday night for Bible study, where are our young adults? Watch, see who, who's tuned in. You got time for everything else. Oh, that doesn't appeal to me. So, so then we got to make God work harder. We got to make God do things that, appe that appeal specifically to us rather than tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, that his mercy is everlasting, and that his truth endures to all generations. Rather than making God work harder, you work harder. But we are raising a consumer-oriented generation. We have raised a generation of people who don't like to work. We raise a generation of people who want to want an easy job, sit behind it, don't want to go to school too many, you know, and don't want to really want to work hard, but they want an easy job. And young people to settle for things. Rather than making God work harder, why don't you work harder? Are you listening? If you want to maintain spiritual alignment, the responsibility really rests on you. We must access the life and partake of the divine nature that's given to us and to every believer. Then Peter gives further instruction. Maybe I'll come back next week and talk more about this, but let me just, since we've already uh, gone an hour uh, in the worship, um, let me just mention that Peter says, and this is so vital in the process, if you're going to maintain spiritual alignment, it is not a one-time thing. It's not a one-time deal. It's an ongoing process, okay? For the early Christians to avoid falling away from the faith, they needed more than being saved. Oh, you say, oh, Pastor, I just want to make it into heaven. That's all I want. But you need to make sure that you're going to make it. Between the time that you get saved and the time that you die, you don't know what's going to happen. You need to make sure that you're going to make it. So he says, he says that you need more than salvation. Somebody say, I need more than salvation. If you're going to maintain spiritual alignment, he said, but also for this very reason, Given all diligence, putting forth every effort, add to your faith. Whew. Did y'all read it? That is there in the Bible. He says, add to your faith. You remember the Lord gave me this message several years ago, beyond the salvation. So I got saved, but what else do I need? Oh, I need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. I go to the altar and they clap their hands over me and they get me speaking in tongues. But the Bible says be being filled. It's more than a one-time process. You clean your house today, tomorrow there's some dust back in there. 
You get a power stirring car, you got to keep on adding power stirring fluid to the, if the thing ever starts leaking, it's going to get tight and it's going to be hard to turn. The wheel. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So you got to take care of this. You got to keep on maintaining it. So add to your faith. Get saved, yes, but add to your faith. Add virtue, spirit of excellence, moral uprightness. How many of us really want to be morally right? Add to virtue knowledge. Add to knowledge self-control, discipline. There are a lot of undisciplined Christians. They don't have self-control. Don't have control to study. Don't have the self-control to sit down and spend an hour with the Lord. Self-control. Add to self-control perseverance. You got to have the spirit to press through this thing. You know, sometimes I think about some of the old songs that we used to sing. Some of you all don't know them. But that was a song that says, and I would sing this song, and I think about it. I didn't, I didn't promise mama this, but I promised the Lord. <laughs> Songs that I promised my mother before she died, I would be one faithful child. Yeah. I promised the Lord when I got saved that I would be faithful. And I hadn't been faithful all of the time. But the more I think about it, the more faithful I want to be. Perseverance. So to be faithful, I got to press through some things. I got to press through temptation. Are you listening? You got to press through some difficult times in your life. You have to persevere in the midst of oppression, whether it's mental oppression or spiritual oppression or physical oppression. Remember, the Bible says bodily exercise profit of little. Just like some of us will spend hours exercising and building muscles, God says you got to build your spiritual muscle. You got to spend hours just like some of us will go out of our way to eat right. God says you got to go out of your way to eat right spiritually. We do all of these things for the physical body, but get the soul. And there's a promise of the scripture at the end that says, if these things are yours and abound, if these things are yours, and abound. You will neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if these things are in you and they abound, you're not going to be unfruitful, not only in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, but you're going to win some other people to Jesus. You're going to find yourself sharing the truth that you found with your friends and your loved ones. He says you will neither be unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, for he who lacks these things, listen, for he or she who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness. One scripture just says you're just blind. And you've forgotten that he has cleansed you from your old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. That's a promise from Scripture. You say, you say, you know, you know what we get into. We get into well, ain't nobody perfect. Everybody make mistakes, and that's just a justification to make us feel good. I've done it before. Just want to make yourself feel good, but the truth is that you're not doing what you ought to do. Promise is that if you do these things, you will never stumble. For an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So when you do these things, God is going to open up a way and open up a door. Hallelujah. A wide door into the everlasting, into his everlasting kingdom. Will you experience his fullness, the fullness of his grace? fullness of his power. So how do we maintain spiritual alignment in these seasons, in this season? It depends on you. Steadfast in growing in the knowledge of God and, 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 our, and our Lord Jesus Christ. It requires us accessing 
the life and godliness that his divine power has given, has provided, has made possible for each one of us. And it requires us adding to our faith. Amen. If you've been making excuses, stop making excuses and accept your responsibility for maintaining spiritual alignment. And remember that if you are spiritually aligned, you cannot afford to be distracted. You cannot afford to believe the lie that Satan will whisper in your ear. God is trying to keep something from you. God doesn't care about you. Don't listen to that lie. Don't listen to that lie. Satan is a liar. And the father of lies. But not only is he a liar, he's a murderer from the very beginning. So he only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Oh, he's destroyed a lot of people's lives. He's destroyed the quality of a lot of people's lives. He's destroyed so many families. Don't listen. Add to your faith. I want us to stand today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for us. Then we'll give the invitation. Uh, we can keep the recording going because... This is for all of us. You know, I might be preaching to the choir this morning in the sanctuary of the parking lot. But there's some people online that God is speaking to. There's some people who tuned in this morning. You were searching the web and you were looking for a word from the Lord and God spoke to you directly. And I just want to pray for you today. Because God wants you to be aligned with him and to take the responsibility to maintain that spiritual alignment. Maybe you've been up and down. Maybe you in your faith has been like, you, you've been like a seesaw. Up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Many times you're more down than you are up. That should not be the way it is. Should not be that way. God wants you. And for all of us who are sitting in here, standing in this place today, as we pray, ask yourself, as God weighs my heart, what does he find? What does he see? Let's pray. So, Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word and the power of your word. Thank you that your word, when it goes forth, does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. And you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you, Lord, that you know our hearts. You know our thoughts. You know the intentions of our heart. Things that we can hide from people, we can never hide from you. So, Lord, you know our spiritual condition. As you weigh our hearts today and have weighed our hearts today, you know what you found. Most of us know what you found in us. But we come to you that, to ask you, Father, forgive us now. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our iniquities. Forgive us for failing to take responsibility for our spiritual growth. Forgive us for being sidetracked and sidelined. Forgive us, Lord, for slipping away from you. Forgive us for the times that, that we've had a form of godliness, but we've actively denied the power of a godly life. Forgive us. You said in your word that if we confess our sins, that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So today, God, we come praying and asking as we confess our sins to you. And each one of us, as we stand in our individual places, each one of us already talking to you, already confessing, already 
being honest with you about who we are and where we are because we need your cleansing power and we need your help, Lord. We need to get back on track. We need to, we need to get back aligned with you. Forgive us for slipping away. Restore us, Lord God, into a right relationship with you. Create in us a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within us today. Father, we need you. Only you can help us. Only you. Only you. And we know you will. As you see us lean back towards you, God, we know you're there waiting. As you see us turn back to you and cry out to you, God, we know you're there waiting on us. You've been waiting on us for a long time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So forgive us and cleanse us today. Hear our cry, oh God. Incline your ear to us. I pray for everyone that's under the sound of my voice. There, there are some that are struggling more than others. There are some, God, that have that are strayed so far away they feel like they can't find their way back. But God, you can reach them where they are. Father, reach them where they are. Your word is active. Your word is alive. Your word is spirit and your word is life. Reach them. Holy Spirit, reach them. Draw them back to you, Father. Open up their minds. Open their hearts, Lord God. Whatever it takes, Lord. Whatever it takes, Father. Draw them back to you, Lord. Oh, God. Lord, you gave your life. You shared your blood to pay the price for our sins. It's not your desire that anyone perish, but that all come to repentance. Draw them today, Father. Draw them today and stir us, Lord God. Stir our hearts. Stir our minds. Stir our spirits. That we will wait to our, that we will await to our responsibility. to harvest work. That we will go into the hedges and the highways even in this season to compel men and women to come to you that they might be saved. Give us the right words. Anoint us with your spirit. We know you'll cause us to be effective. Thank you, Lord. I pray for those that are sick today. Whatever the condition is, if you just lay your hand wherever that pain is, whatever that condition, just lay your hand there right now by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. I speak healing into your body. I curse that pain today. I curse that physical condition today, that medical condition today in the name of Jesus and I decree by the power of the Most High God that you will walk in health and that you will prosper even as your soul prospers. I plead the blood of Jesus now. I plead the blood of Jesus right now over your body, over your life, against that sickness, against that disease. I speak healing today by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for that mental issue. I pray for that person that's been drawn away in their minds, that person that's confused, that person that, that's all mixed up, set in their minds. <coughs> oh God. Holy Ghost, release your peace. Release your peace. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray and we thank you. Amen. Amen. If you're listening today, you're here and you want to give your life to Jesus, we don't want to end this broadcast without praying for you and giving you that opportunity to do so. If you've decided that you are convinced that Jesus Christ died for your sins on that cross, 
He did it to pay the price that you owed for your sin debt. You couldn't pay it. The Bible says you deserve death for your sin. But your, your, your shedding your blood and you dying was not going to save you. What God did was he sent Jesus, his only begotten son, into this world to die on the cross, shed his blood, his righteous blood, to satisfy divine justice so that you could be saved. So if you want to be saved today, ask Jesus to come into your life and give your life to him. And even if you're standing here and you're not saved and you want to be saved, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But I believe that you died on the cross for my sins to satisfy the debt that I owe for my sins. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me so that I can be saved. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I yield my life to you today. And I thank you for receiving me. I thank you right now that I am saved according to your word. Amen. Salvation is not by feeling. Salvation is by faith and faith alone. For by grace you are saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. As many as received him, John 10 and 10, to them he gave the right to become his sons and his daughters. If you receive Christ today, then he has saved you. Write to us. Let us know the decision that you've made so we can follow up with you. Remember the part in the message about adding to your faith? This is where that begins. It doesn't start 10 years down the road. It starts right now. Let us follow up with you and let us help you in your walk with the Lord. Write to us on our website and we, someone will get back to you. The very day, today, if you write today, somebody tonight will get back to you. We want to follow up with you. If you're not here and you need a church and you need us to recommend you to a Bible-believing church, we will search for a church in your area if we don't know one to recommend you to. Amen. If you're a backslider, you can... Pray the prayer of repentance. Just repent and come back to the Lord. Just come back. He wants to reform your life. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for joining us in the, here in this sanctuary. Amen. Hallelujah. Remember to give. Amen. We encourage you. Give online. Uh, TOPraise.org. You, you can uh, find uh, GiveLify. You can find us and give. You want to sow into this ministry or into the work of missions. Please, ma'am, please, sir, feel free to do so. Thank you. Let's receive the benediction. Father, thank you now for this time in your presence. Thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Thank you that you promise to be with us always, even to the end of the age. Thank you for this word today that will not return to you, Lord, as we depart from this place. Help us never depart from your presence. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray and we thank you. Amen. God bless you all. Hallelujah. Well, that brings us to the end of the message for today. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well. And give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com that's tabernacle of praise at msn.com give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you also we would like for you to sow into this ministry if you've been blessed by this work by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel and you would like to help further this cause we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, 
uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.